Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Jason Fitz. So kind to join us every Monday. Covers football for Yahoo Sports. Fox Sports radio host as well. Literally one of the most talented human beings we know. You can follow him on X at Jason Fitz. He joins us now. Fitzy, we didn't get to catch up on Super Bowl with you, so I got some questions and NFL offseason stuff, plenty of that to get to. But I just got to real quick, just because we're coming off of it, anything out of All-Star weekend worth keeping? Is there something drastically needs change before you move on? Looks like that game was a real stinker, particularly to a a commissioner who thought it was going to be more competitive. Uh, Is there anything you can do about the game other as when, or other than as Winhorse said, throw you know, incentivize it with more money. What what do you do to fix? I think honestly, the problem is more money doesn't work. I mean, nope. if you're Steph, you're making fifty one million dollars a year, right? So like, what 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 kind of money would you have to give? This isn't like the playing tournament. Everybody on that team is making a massive That's amount, fair. right? So how much are you going to give somebody that really makes them care that much about the game? So like, honestly, I think this is one of those moments where. As fans, we're looking to the NBA to fix it. I, I honestly think if fans hate it as much as it seems like they do on social media, stop consuming it. I, I, I mean, and I'm not just talking about the game. I'm talking about everything around the game because, you know, there are companies Yahoo sent our entire social media department out to cover the game. Why? Because people click on all of the images of what they wore and mm-hmm. how they wore it and then some of the big highlights from it. Like every single time any of us click on anything resulting or around the All-Star game, we're making the companies and the NBA money. And as long as they're making money, they're not going to fix it. Like there's no way to fix it. You can't – I don't think you can incentivize it. So if we want it to just go away, then we need to just stop – Watching it, clicking on it, watching any highlight around it, which is easier said than done because everybody, everybody wants the NBA to come in and fix it. But realistically, we're the problem because we consume it at, at a level where they're still making money. Yeah, and, and you make a great point about you know the difference between it and the end season. And on that, you've got guys at the back end of rosters who that, that money really helps. But, I mean, do we really think um, you know that, that millionaires don't like more, that there isn't a number that does at least make it a little bit better than just letting guys walk past you. I mean, I, 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 maybe it's not that simple, Fitzy. Maybe maybe you're right. I, I'm just I'm not in a point where I'm ready to say erase the whole thing. And when Wendy's coming on, you know, as many times as he talks to folks and says, "Man, all you got to do is 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 put up a check, like a real check," and these guys will play, uh, even if they're vets, millionaires, millionaires still like money, as far as I know. I mean, yes, you're right about that. And maybe there is, what, what would it have to be, 10 million to a Some piece number, right. Winner? It's just at, guess, right. outrageous to us. Like, right. But, you know, the other side of it is, like, if you really want to incentivize defense, then every stop, like, like that would be my create financial solution is every possession that doesn't result in a bucket for the other team, then money goes into piggyback, kind of like squid games. Ah, like money falls into hey, that's just fascinating. The other team from yeah. scoring. Okay. And at the end of the game, the winning See? team gets this, like, let's, let's say it's a million dollars a stop. Like, we're going to get some defense then, and then everybody all of a sudden at the end splits that. Ooh, 
Now we'd be talking. Yeah. Now and and listen, I, there's that. I, I think that's an actually a great idea when you can actually see the see the cat. And then and then we had Ja tweeting yesterday morning, you know, and maybe he's just teasing us. But I, I'll ask the question: Do you think there's a possibility? that Jalen Brown perhaps opened the door. I know that's what he was trying to do. And listen, he's taking a lot of grief on social media about some of his dunks, but at least that's what I told Brad. You know, an all-star went out there, took that, put his uh, put his rep on the line. You think there's any chance we can get more of those, whether it's for money or just folks following Jalen Brown's lead? I do think, Fitzy, even if it's all the same old dunks, if it's John Moran and Anthony Edwards doing it, we're watching. No, 100%. The names matter more than the actual dunks in the moment because – Let's face it, you, you turn on to see particular players do it. And what I liked about the way Jalen did it is, like, he had fun. Like, the glove that we keep talking about, like, at least that was a fun, different approach. Yep. You know what I mean? So, I'll take that all day. And, and, yeah, if we really want people to gravitate towards the dunk contest, two things have to happen. You, you can't have Mac McClung uh, be the winner every year because, like, that just feels weird. And then yep. the other part of it is we as a society got to get impressed by things again. Like, somebody jumping – at this point, I feel like – you could jump over a, a ten-story building, and somebody be like, "Ah, I don't know. He had a big running start." Or you just—it's it, it, funny to me how many players were props, and like I don't know what else we want, you know, athletes to do in these situations. We as a society are too numb to the greatness of the dunks that they do most of the time. So again, I, I put like some of us—we got to just come in like and just start to erupt at some of what we see and, and be impressed by it. KC, uh, this off season feels like. You keep Chris Jones, you can stay right where you are. Is is it as simple as that? Yeah, it really is. And, like, part of the reason it's as simple as that is that, frankly, it's a little bit, look, what are their weaknesses, right? You could argue that their weaknesses were offensive line in some situations and definitely wide receiver. Two of the deepest positions in this year's draft are offensive line and wide receiver. You're going to be able to get day one starters in the second round in both of those. So, Part of what makes this a glorious time for Kansas City is that, you know, they just won a Super Bowl with the, the highest salary cap number in the NFL belonging to Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, uh, you've got a team that didn't have a clear-cut number one, that had an iffy offensive line, and had a quarterback chewing up more salary cap space than any other player in the league, and you won a Super Bowl with that team. So, like, if you're if you're Kansas City, you're trying to protect the few things that you know you have to protect. And, yeah, he's one of them. I mean, why not pay him whatever it takes to keep him? Because – his disruption up the middle is really what, what won the Super Bowl for the yep. Chiefs in the end. So, yeah, I think they're in a great situation to three-peat, honestly. And, you know, and part of that's just because this year looks so bad at times and they still wish the Lombardi when it was all said and done. How much uh, scrutiny should Shanahan, and obviously we've been through a little bit of this, but I, I, I'm, I'm eager to get your take. How much scrutiny should there be on Shanahan? Obviously, Wilkes takes the hit. And in some areas, the defense obviously took a step back. But I thought their offense and not running off from KC when you had them discombobulated was sort of the, the key there. And then, of course, the decision on Shanahan. How much uh, scrutiny should he be facing in terms of criticism? I think some. But honestly, I had less problem with Shanahan in this Super Bowl than any of the others. And I know everybody keeps talking about the overtime decision. I'll be clear. I tweeted out immediately when it happened, and I didn't even realize it was going to be controversial. Uh, I tweeted out I would have taken the ball first, too. And I realized that, you know, it's about a 50-50 analytics proposition on taking the ball first. But all I thought right away was my very first thought before any time to digest any of it was, man, if we both score – then you're going to give Mahomes the ball first on sudden death. And there's no chance I ever want Mahomes to have the ball first in sudden death. So to me, 
I understand everybody says, well, you want to know what you're going for. Okay, well, your defense gave up one touchdown the entire game. It was on a short field after a punt issue, right? So, like, I, I think saying that, hey, all we got to do is get three points and we feel, feel pretty good that we can get the sudden death, but I, I don't think that was a, a crazy logic. So I actually mm-hmm. sat there with Shanahan as it went down and said, okay, that makes sense. And some of the play calls people are yelling at. I mean, I go back and watch inside the NFL on the big play uh, at the two-minute warning, right after the two-minute warning when they threw the ball. And you hear Shanahan screaming to Brock Purdy, Christian, 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 because he was open. And it's like the, the, the route was called for his best player to get the ball. It's just the quarterback didn't send it there. So, like, it's not Shanahan's fault that somebody misses an extra point or that, you know, the quarterback misses the, the guy on the route that he should have gone to or that a ball weirdly bounces off the back heel of one of their uh, pup block guys. Like, it's just uh, the, the number of variables that happen. It's not Shanahan's fault that the offensive line screws up the protection, and they've been honest about that in overtime on what would have been an easy touchdown toss. So, you know, I, I think, and then even presuming that the, the Chiefs would have gone for two, the Chiefs didn't go for two a single time all season. So if Shanahan presumes that they're not going to go for two and then they do, okay, that's a hill I would die on. So I, I think the players were more the issue than Shanahan was in that game. That's interesting, and, and you, you lay it all out. Uh, uh, very well, and, and almost to a point where I'm willing to go there. But I, that that's my issue, is that don't you have to play out all the scenarios? Don't you, even if the Chiefs haven't done it all season long, have to say, well, that's the GOAT? And the idea that he would give me the ball back, you know, instead of going for two at that point. Chris Jones said that was the plan. I believed him. You you sound like you're a little hesitant to go there with the Chiefs, that that was always going to be the plan, them going for two if they tied. If it's that I mean, logic, it's really easy to say that. Like, it's really easy to say you would have done that in that situation. But also, like, if I'm the 49ers, I, like, I know the defense hadn't played well in the playoffs. They played well in the Super Bowl. They had the, the like I said, the one touchdown drive, the long drive at the end of the game, which I think also factors into why you want the ball first because you want to rest your defense to give yourself some sort of a shot there. But you know, I feel like at some point, do you trust your defense to be able to make a? All you got to do is keep out of the end zone. And you see sudden death. And if there's a touchdown, all you got to do is stop them on one two-point conversion, and you win the Super Bowl. Like And this defense, with that talent, you should be able to trust your defense in that situation to make one play. I, it's alarming to me that when, the, when it really came down to it, I thought the defense played really poorly in overtime. Well, I mean, losing Greenlaw was, was, a, was a huge blow. Uh, obviously, for that for that 49ers D. We're talking, of course, uh, to Jason Fitz of Yahoo Sports and Fox Sports Radio. All right, I'll turn you to your own situation. What are the Raiders going to do at quarterback? I have no idea. I think, you know, I, I will say this, spending time at the Super Bowl, I've been convinced, and I've said here repeatedly, that no team in the top three will take anything, including your Bears. I don't think, I don't think there's any shot that the Bears trade the number one overall pick. That being said, I had three or four different people that do good work at the Super Bowl tell me that the number three pick from New England is out there on the market. Like they're, they, mm. they are listening to offers. So the, I walked away from the Vegas experience thinking, man, somebody's going to give up a King's ransom to move to number three and get whatever, you know, the third, the, the last remaining of the top three quarterbacks are. Like I, I think that this is a, a glorious situation for the Bears where they get to pick whichever one they want the most. And then, you know, we'll start to see where it plays from there. But I, I'll tell you, like, no matter what team you're a fan of, if you went up with Drake May, Caleb Williams, or Jaden Daniels out of this draft, you feel like you, you took a shot at getting your guy. And I just think 
right now in this version of what we just learned in the Super Bowl. We just learned that the best player in the world will beat the best team in the world. Uh, and that's, yeah. that's just fact. So if you're taking on the best player in the world for the next 10 to 12 years, which is pretty reasonable, I, I don't know that you can beat the best player in the world without having somebody that you can trust to duel with him. And and that means, you know, what, what do we have? Josh Allen, Joe Burrow are maybe the only two guys that have been proven even qualified to do that so far. So you got to be trying to get a Josh Allen or a Joe Burrow or you don't stand a chance in this process. So I think the Raiders will be aggressive. I, I wonder if the, the pick number three is the one that comes up for grabs, but I'm telling you, man, I wouldn't be surprised if it takes three number ones, four number ones, and a couple of twos to get up there. Like yeah. it's going to be that big. That's what I did. I would present you that scenario. You, you, you mentioned it. Bears guy, you're on the draft trying to figure out the best way to maximize it. Just this one scenario, if you're the Bears and you're not convinced on Caleb, and you do, th- let's just use Jaden Daniels. That's the guy I've sort of said I've fallen in love with. If the Bears ended up with him, I'd be fine with it. We'll see how it goes. But if Washington was willing to to come up there and get Caleb, throw you two first-rounders, because you're not going to take a player like you did with Carolina and D.J. Moore. You're going to take two first their next two first-rounders to drop down to their spot so they can come up and get the hometown guy, Caleb. Would you do that, whether it's Jaden or Drake? If you're getting the two future first-rounders of Washington with a Caleb Williams as the quarterback, would you take it and move down the one spot? Yeah. Um, if, I, if I evaluate quarterbacks and feel like there's not much difference between the mm-hmm. top three, then I'll move. I just won't move below three. Like that's of the course. easiest. Like I'm with you. I, I move with New England or with Washington, and I think it's 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 smart to do that. Like if if I if I've done my homework on Caleb, and I do think that there are real questions about Caleb that didn't exist a year ago. That's what mm-hmm. happens when you get more film on somebody, yep. right? Like yep. so, if there are questions for Caleb, or you're not in love with Drake, or you feel like, man, I'd be happy with any of the three of them. I don't really care which one we get. Then yeah, you sell you sell it sell the house. And you move down one or two picks, and, uh, and that way you you sell Washington on hey, put Kingsbury with Caleb Williams. Like that's what you're trying to sell. Mm-hmm. Have we seen the end of Bill Belichick, or will he be back after a season out? I feel like after a season out, he comes back maybe. But what did we just learn? Like the fact that some people that nobody really even wanted to interview. I, I mean that's that's pretty stunning to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not stunned it didn't work in Atlanta because. The people I talked to that know the Falcons well thought that it wasn't a great fit from the outset. So I'm not I'm not shocked by that. I am shocked that that you know, look, Washington was left at the altar. Didn't even call him to take an interview. Like I, I'm a little surprised you don't want to at least pick the brain of a great coach. So I wonder if he gets comfy in that TV role because God knows he's going to end up on television like Saban, right? He's going to make a lot of money to be on TV. I just wonder if you know Bill doesn't end up preferring that life. But I don't know. I could also see. You know, the Cowboys, for example, move on from McCarthy next year, and Bill comes in for one year with the coach in waiting, sort of there to help yeah. uh, help keep the keep the dream alive. How about the Titans? What do you think of the uh, the move to get Callahan? What are you thinking? Total crapshoot. Like I, I just like I'd love there's to no way to know right? that we yeah. know or don't know. Like yeah, and like we have no idea what this guy's going to be like as a head coach. I think right now the Titans are in a very interesting situation though because they are picking high enough that. You know, if if they don't love Will Levis, if the new regime doesn't love Will Levis, mm-hmm. they could try and make a move, or they can stay right where they are and likely end up with. I mean, there are two or three wide receivers that are epic day one starters. There's some great offensive linemen, so you know you're going to be sitting in a situation where you can pick a great player, take a one year flyer on Will Levis, Will Levis, and then see, you know, hey, do we want to take a quarterback next year if things aren't going well? So 
I can see that logic, but I, I think what the Titans have told you is that they are in absolute complete rebuild mode, and that to me means you got two or three years of tough football ahead of you before you actually figure out what, what yeah. it's going to look like. And, man, that's a tough spot to be. Now, well, welcome to the revolving door, because once you start that revolving door, man, it is tough to get out of the basement. And then last thing I got for you, is there a situation or, or a team that's got an opening or maybe a quarterback we're not sure on, whether it's Pittsburgh or Atlanta, a spot that you say, okay, Justin Fields there, I can get down with that. I trust it. Maybe if you can make anything out of them, they'll do it there. Is there a spot for him? Yeah, I mean, I think Atlanta like is Feels a great like opportunity for him because there's there's just so much there that works for him, you know. And and I still think Justin Fields can be a good quarterback, right? Like I'm not saying Justin Fields can go out and go out and be the next Patrick Mahomes, but I still think he can be a pretty high level starter. I just think you've got to get him around the right situation. And you've got to get get him around somebody that's going to make him feel comfortable. What did we just see? Like, I yeah. talked to Baker at the Super Bowl. And one thing that Baker talked about to me pretty extensively was that, like, it took getting to Tampa Bay for him to just feel like, hey, you know, here, I matter. I'm good. Everybody's good with me. They're comfortable. Like, he got comfortable with them. I, I'd say we can see the same thing in a couple of different spots mm-hmm. in the quarterback position, like Jared Goff. Like, feels comfortable, and the Lions find a way to work around him. Like, I think you just need somebody that knows how to make Justin Fields comfortable, and you'll get a good starter out of it. And a good starter is better than what Atlanta has right now. they got a ton of weapons. They just need a decent quarterback. I think he can be that. Yeah. Oh, I'd definitely put it on the Bears and and just having no plan. You're throwing different OCs at them, you know, lame duck coach and where they are now. So I, I'm, I'm with you, and I'm actually rooting for them. I'm actually rooting for them to do well in another situation. Um, and who knows? Bears may ruin the next one. Uh, Fitzy, they, you know, Trubisky you could have got more out of, and certainly with Justin Fields. So may not matter which quarterback it is. Bears may just uh, may screw it up. Man, appreciate you uh, joining us, man. John's out with the uh, with the newborn, uh, but I'll send him your love, brother. Yeah, send him my love and tell him it's not too late to change the birth certificate. Jason is a well-underused uh, first name. Like, we should just go with Jason. It used to be overused. Now it's underused. Let's go. Let's just bring another Jason into the world. Appreciate you, Fitzy. Have a great week, brother. Appreciate you, brother. He is Jason Fitz. You can follow him on X at Jason Fitz. Uh, covers football for Yahoo Sports. Also, Fox Sports Radio host does a great job. Can weigh in on anything and uh, and everything. There's no question about it. And usually, rightly so. I still think uh, I, I disagree with him on Shanahan. I think with the, uh, with the with where we are, you had to you had to get that ball last. He had an interesting idea though on the All Star Game. A little spin on our idea, which was incentivizing almost like on a possession-to-possession basis. Like, yes. if you score, you get money. That's an interesting thought. And if you can't get the, uh, you know, the older guys to buy into that, maybe some of these new guys will. You know, the yeah. Anthony Edwards types that have never seen a competitive or anything else, maybe it gets a little more so. And again, like you said, then you start the trend of yeah. guys caring. Usually seeing a big old piggy bank of money. Yes. Man will do it, you know. You see that, you I agree see that with cash. what you're saying, though. Usually, even millionaires love making a million bucks as an appearance fee. There's a reason why they're doing these shoe deals. Well, and, and there's, there's always a number. Yeah, I'm just always I, there, a number. there is always a number, always even a number. with millionaires. Absolutely, and the NBA's got it to give. Well, that's why they gamble on the on the floor. We saw it during the All Star game. There, mm-hmm. they're betting each other. Yeah, there's no question about it. Twenty five thousand dollars on, on that, Miss, and that's the, nothing for for some of those players. Nah, that that was that was the winning money for uh, for Matherin in that in, yeah, in that, that uh, uh, Rising skills. Stars challenge. Okay, that, that was one was a, yeah. the skills was later on. Um, but yeah, twenty five thousand dollar bet right there. People love gambling. We throw. see it here. I mean, they love gambling, so why not incentivize it? Yep. No, my partner loves it uh, as he, well. Yes, he does. Uh, yeah, and we may be. You know, he he should be rejoining us here soon. I'm hearing he goes such. And takes the uh, eventual paternity leave, but we'll we'll hold it down for him while he's not. And while we do that, we'll take a break before handing you off to Giannato 
and Jeffrey. Listen to Jason John, 929 FM ESPN. Major League Grizzlies won't be back in action until Friday, uh, coming off the All-Star break. I think action resumes in the NBA on Thursday, and Grizzlies are back at it on Friday. Tigers will be back at it on Wednesday. Brad mentioned it against a Charlotte team. It's pretty good, 111 out of 12 in second place right now in the AAC. You make an argument they should have beaten South Florida, and they'd sit, be, be sitting pretty right now with just one loss in the tiebreaker over South Florida. Charlotte team's legit. Uh, Ken Palm the, does have it, though, as a 75-70 Memphis win. And then you've got, you know, at one point, a game that we had circled and said these are the, the first of two big ones in the AAC, Memphis versus Florida Atlantic. That game's Sunday, obviously down at FedEx Forum, too. And my, 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 has, you know, the perception of that game changed. Um, Florida Atlantic yesterday was getting run off the floor yeah. before they came back and tightened it up but ended up losing – at South Florida, 90 to 86. At one point, I mean, they were down 20 something points in that one. Wow. South Florida just continues to dominate this conference. Uh, sitting here at 12 and 1 right now, 19 and 5. And no, they don't have the non conference resume right now to say, hey, we should be, uh, we should be getting that large love. But with what they've done in the American, the way they've run it, and now beating Memphis and Florida Atlantic, I think at some point they start getting in that conversation. And again, yesterday's win over Florida Atlantic helps you do that. You know, they keep uh, they run the table the rest of the way. Yeah, Tiger's schedule actually looks tough for them considering how they're playing. Uh, now. It's, t- it's two tough ones. You're projected again, as we said, to beat Charlotte, but Florida Atlantic, uh, Kim Pom's got us a two point loss. So there's a possibility that's going to be a pick 'em, slight favorite against Charlotte. These teams are good. You know, you just lost to two decent teams this week. So going to be tough for the Tigers. Some changes got to happen. Uh, thank you to our guest today, Jason Fitz. Make sure you stay tuned for Giannato and Jeffrey. We'll see you back here tomorrow for Brad. I'm Jason. We're gone.